0: My Why are you doing I'm a fucking magician. Not the library's story! It's our story. This story
1: belongs to a lot more people than you think. But you do. Oh. Minor Minda.
2: Hello, Philorians! This is Catherine, your Philorian expert, let's
0: say. That's so cute. Uh, yeah, I am Chase. I guess my thing is I am a Hoberstan. I'm not ashamed of it.
1: <laughs> and I'm your littlest brother, Jasper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, uh, just so people know when we're recording this, we're recording during the pandemic lockdown.
0: Yeah, the Rona.
2: Yeah, because... For once, we have time to see each other, and for two, we need to see people, otherwise we get
0: mad. Yeah, honestly, this (laughs) has been the highlight of my friggin' weeks.
1: (laughs) Well, I've gotten to see a lot of people because, you know, everybody at this time during this pandemic, they're going to the hospital because they've got coronavirus and they need to get checked out. Not me. I'm going because I got shot. (laughs) I'm not getting corona. I'm getting shot. Jasper I mean...
0: has to be extra in every possible way. <laughs> yes, and I love you. <laughs> uh, so we, if we make joke about the corona, that is why. Because
2: <laughs> this is gonna go out like in September or something like that. Yeah.
0: No. I. I think most of us. I think everyone here copes with humor. So mm. yeah.
2: Um. so today our theme is boundaries and Jasper you were the one with uh, the stories today I was
1: so talking about boundaries I have always had a problem like learning to put up boundaries and like learning what boundaries my own boundaries are because I don't want to hurt people's feelings by being like nope overstepping uh-huh and Lately, I have gotten to kind of almost get used to putting up boundaries where I work with the closet, the Magician's Closet uh, Twitter. Mm -hmm. Which is dope,
0: by the way. Thank you. Yes.
1: Where I will say, you know, I'm taking a mental health break for this period of time because I know otherwise I'll focus too much on it and I'll put too much of my self-worth into likes and into posts and to post response.
0: Oh, Jesus, so to,
1: what a mood. I've had uh-huh. to learn how to put up boundaries and say, I've got to take a step back for my own mental health and understand that that doesn't hurt other people. It's helping me and my sanity and Everything, Mm -hmm.
2: and I'm sure people are still following you and loving the thing you were doing.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's what I learned was it's okay to to put up boundaries and say I'm stepping back, and people won't crucify you for it.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think because that's a problem, especially on the internet, and especially people in fandom on the internet all have. I think it's like not all, but. it's really interesting to see like what you were saying with people who are like I feel like I'm disappointing people even though you would probably be like yeah no I totally understand if someone else yeah. were to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah I
2: had this same, this, this same breakdown of like if I don't create one thing a day for Tumblr mm-hmm. I'm a failure in the fandom and someone basically bitch slapped me saying shut up and go nap. Yeah, This person was Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but before we continue to... Uh, honestly, which is one of my favorite episodes of this season. Uh, I have a lot of feeling about this episode.
0: Um, so many feelings.
2: <laughs> okay, because it's time for the 30-second recap. Dun, 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 dun. And it's going to be uh, me and Chase. So who do you want to start?
0: Uh, I will. Okay. That sounded pained, but no, I will with Glee. <laughs> Ready <laughs> yeah. and... Go. Okay, so uh, Marina tells Margot about the ambrosia that's basically like god meth, and people will OD if there's too much. And then the monster starts killing Josh, saying she's gonna kill everyone. So Margo's like, okay, well I'll give you Bacchus in exchange to let everyone win. And then um, the monster's like, well no, you're gonna, he's gonna run away. So Margo's like, fine, we'll use it. And then like Josh is the one that has to do it, and it's a bad time. So then like the Pentos gang needs a Dewey to get some cool magic, and then like so much fucking happens in the span of like ten minutes. Uh, but they finally get it, and then there's like magic. Cards. <laughs> ah! It's so it's so stressful. It is. It, it is it's, it's, honestly, I'm so used to improv games and stuff, but this is one of the most stressful things. But
2: honestly, that's what set and R started because, like, we wanted to have the recap. But also, it's al- always fun to
0: see what the other have like kept in mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's stressful in a good way. Like, I love it, but also like panic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, it is my turn.
0: Go, 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 go.
2: Go. So basically the gang is like, oh no, Elliot is not Elliot. So Margot is trying to uh, sideway to Bacchus and they kill Bacchus and we realized Bacchus was had a stone inside him and Josh is like oh my god I did my friend I'm a bad friend and, and he, then he tell Margot that he's a bad she's a bad friend anyway um uh, there is a bad luck bear there. there's this guy that is lo- his uh, is, discipline is luck and it's amazing and uh, there's a lot of b- bad luck and then Quentin's d- dad die, and Julia was like I will give magic again
0: back again for people to be happy <laughs> <laughs> we got we got almost everyone, except for Alice again. And oh, no! no! <laughs> the last time we got... <laughs> Alice, honey, I'm so sorry, you're like my second favorite character, I love you so much.
2: <laughs> so, uh, basically what happened with Alice, let's just recap real quick. Uh, she's getting out with Santa.
0: Yeah, Fog was like, I'm not gonna tell you that this is totally a thing, but... Uh, your books are, are here, and you gotta get them. But like, I'm totally not telling you this. So Alice jailbreaks with Santa. They find out the books are being removed, and then Santa just pieces, even though like he wants to take Alice with him, he just fucking pieces. And then Kaylee from Firefly watches Santa's sleigh. <laughs> her name.
1: I knew Killers. I recognized
0: her. She was
1: <laughs> also on Are You Afraid of the Dark?
0: It was her, her in the Magicians. That exact moment, I was watching it with a friend we knew she looked familiar and it was driving us up the fucking wall but like we didn't want to IMDB it because we were too proud <laughs> you know <laughs> when you have those moments and finally like I think I think we were at a bar or something when one of us finally did it and we both just started screaming and we scared the shit out of the people next to us
1: well, I, think, <laughs> I think part of the reason I don- didn't recognize her is she always has this like soft
2: face mhm like, it's amazing face. what a red
0: lip will do yeah
2: well, let's start with Alice since we forgot her. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh, my God. I'm so sorry, sweetie. <laughs> Dean Fog kind of did the same thing with Alice that he did with Julia, where he's yep. like, "I'm, this needs to be done, but don't you do it.
2: <laughs> exactly. I but know, that's the thing. I know you, Alice.
1: Goodbye. But that's the thing,
2: because just before Julia was calling him out on, like, overstepping the boundaries of protecting them. And then we cut to him going to Alice to say, by the way, here's our the books. Okay, bye. Yeah, he really did <laughs> not
1: take what Julia said at all. No, and then, uh,
0: Julia reading Fog the Riot Act was just like, mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> yes. But then what's funny is then Santa learned about the book of everyone. And it made me realize
2: that people are weirded out by Santa knowing everything about everyone. But nobody's weirded out about the book of everyone, which is the same thing. Is the library a metaphor for God? Well, they want to be gods. Yeah, uh, that's the plot twist of the end of the season.
1: With Alice and Santa, what I really liked was Santa let uh, Alice let Santa go. Yes. Like she could have. She could have saved herself.
2: That, that's the thing. Do you think it was on purpose that? While Alice was, like, I think Zelda is smart enough to know that Alice will have get out.
0: Do you think that she removed the book on purpose? No, I think, I think, pers- I don't know about the book, but I think Alice, or I think Zelda trusts Alice, despite the fact that she jailbreaked And she's a little bit naive because she's been in the library for so fucking long. Hmm. I don't know about the book shit, though. <laughs> Maybe they just have, like, too much shit going on that, like, theirs took longer.
2: Well, yeah, that's the thing. They're their quester. Yeah. Maybe they started with them.
0: Yeah. Maybe their book keeps changing. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Who the fuck knows with these guys? <laughs> like, they don't even like know that. what they're going to do next.
2: What What's beautiful is that Alice, like, kind of stepped over a boundary of killing magic the last time, and I... We know that she regrets it, or she regret the regret the consequence of it. I think, and um, but this time she refused to not leave without their book. I think as a I can't betray them again. Like oh. it's her like first act of redemption in the in the season four is I have to protect them even if they don't know. And then Santa says, "You're still on my good list."
1: Exactly, Alice is still good because doing bad things. Doesn't make you a bad person. You always have the choice to be good and do good things, even if you've done bad things.
0: I. <laughs> this is more because it makes me laugh every fucking time. Near the end, Alice does not only ignores like the boundary of magic, but she ignores the physical boundary by crashing <laughs> into that goddamn wall.
2: <laughs> like her confidence went over, and after that, her pride got a bit like bruised. Alice, Alice had a Katie moment.
0: Oh, just bust the wall?
2: <laughs> but what's funny is we have to think that she's doing that in From Santa Claus and it's funnier. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Santa sees everything anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's something that I would like us to keep an eye on, on uh, Alice Redemption arc. Because a lot of people f- thought, uh, and I'm going to say myself included, when in my first rewatch, that they forgive, forgave Alice way too quickly. And I think... Sh- and I think I was wrong to think that, because as, as I'm rewatching, I'm seeing the struggle of Alice way more. Oh, I was just gonna say, I don't think there, there's any forgiving too early, because
1: everything Alice did, she did out of trauma, and I don't feel like it's the same thing to forgive someone for doing something out of fear and trauma yeah. and PTSD when no one was helping. Be able to help her
0: yeah and also like i think some of the reason why a lot of viewers I, I totally agree with you i think some of the reasons why a lot of the viewers are like oh that happened too quickly is because especially with a show like the magicians and this isn't a good or bad thing this is just the Magicians show is because everything happens so much <laughs> that a lot of the understated or a lot of the arcs appear to be understated when they're not it's just there's, there's so much the stakes are everywhere everything is yeah. fucking happening shit's flying at everyone that sometimes it gets missed because like you I didn't there's tons of shit that I don't notice until I watch an episode or a season for like a second or third time and I'm like oh that was really fucking clever and then exactly. suddenly
1: I've got five pages of college ruled notebook paper yeah, exactly.
0: which honestly I think that's one of the treats and that's one of the reasons why I will keep watching and re-watching the magicians because there's so much shit to just unpack mm-hmm. there's
2: something new every time mm-hmm. but that that's the beauty of it also is that um now that we have the whole show yeah it's gonna be fun to like see the full arc because when i was recording season one and season two we were still in the we're gonna see yeah but now we can like more speculate uh, which is, and also we have to think that we don't know the time. Like as of now, it's been two months since they got mind white. So Alice had two months to like sue Suck in her, her own guilt.
0: Yeah, and they do not have a TV in those fucking jail cells.
1: She has nothing but her thoughts, and all of her thoughts are traumatic, and she is swimming in trauma soup.
2: And I think it's important to mention that if we forgave julia for what she did in season two it's important that we forgive Uh, alias (laughs) alias alias (laughs) alias yes alias alias for what she did in season three because i think both were acting out of trauma it's just a different kind of
0: yeah and that's I know I, I keep making generalizations about magicians as a show, but that's one of the things that drew me to it is that everyone is so fucking messy. Oh yes. my God. In, in a good and perfect and imperfect way. Like, give me... I, I love those types of shows where depending on the episode, you're going to want to punch a different character in the face, but you're going to yes. love them. And like, it's one of those, like, you know how when you have a, like an older brother or like a best friend where you're like, no, 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 I'm allowed to dunk on them. But if anyone else does, I'm coming for uh-huh. you. Yes. That is me with... Higher cast.
2: <laughs> well, that's why I like doing the vase and the flower because we mm-hmm. can love a character one episode and then throw a vase in their face the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, that's what I had about Alice. It, not, not a lot happened with her. Uh-uh. Well, the characters make very real mistakes. Yes. Oh, yeah. You make mistakes
1: you can understand and you can rationalize in your head and be like, I get why you did it, but you shouldn't have.
2: So, um so uh well let's go to um let's go back to the beginning with uh, the people in the first can we just have a moment of applause for Hale I forgot it was Hale like I forgot it was the same person that played Elliot bravo
1: he carries himself so he doesn't carry himself with its, as dignified
0: acting the monster like I find that he he habitually just ignores everyone's boundaries partially because he d- doesn't understand it and partially because he doesn't care I think it's a solid mix of like I don't understand because I'm a fucking child god thing killing whatever and then like partially because he just doesn't give a shit
1: <laughs> so he's not been socialized at
2: all he's had yeah. one person and like the, the the episodes start with him breaking boundaries by like breaking every word Marina had which is
0: like Or boundaries of, like, if we can, like, transfer that to boundaries, it's the same thing. And the only person he had, I guess, quote-unquote, with him, although that's not the right word, was Charlton. And he's pretty fucking childlike, too. So that didn't help. Um, Yeah. uh, And the other thing is, in the very, very beginning, I really liked that uh, Marina was immediately just setting her boundaries. She's like, nope, fuck that, I'm out. My favorite line in the entirety of The Magician's. Without doubt, is just the way Marina goes. So I'm gonna get a breakfast burrito. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I find that so goddamn. Like, funny. My
2: boundaries is I've been killed by a gun once.
1: No, thank you. <laughs> and she's she's fucking prepared for this shit. First of all, she got out. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to know how she got out. Uh, second of all, she's she's ready. She's literally ready for anything. I mean, she's yep. got the wards up. She's got a god killing shit in mm-hmm. her apartment she's got trackers at everyone she's not going to be caught off guard again but that,
2: that that's one thing that I had because basically it started with Mar- uh, her telling to Margot like don't go there there is danger first uh, Margot that say we have to help them that is big uh, character development yes. for Margot yes. oh totally <laughs> <laughs> but also did Mar- does Marina23 know er- the relationship between Margot and Elliot because it doesn't seem like she understands how big it is for Margot that Elliot is back, but it's not Elliot. If she does, I don't
1: think she gives a shit. I think she might almost see Margot and Elliot as her and Pete. And Pete Pete died in Timeline 23, I, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Uh-huh. So seeing Margot, it's like, you know, one of you can live, I guess. I like sure. that. Sure, Yeah. Also, Margot also, would be
2: a hell of a... that would be a hell of a team up. That would be a good ally. Uh, I never noticed the, the tear on Margot's face when, she, when uh, Quentin say it's not Elliot and she realizes it's not Elliot. Margot, the first thing she, do, she does is start crying. And then she's instantly in high king mode. But the thing, that's the question I have. Why does Margot doesn't cry? She cried like four times in the show.
0: Why now? I think she's a little more, she's not a little, she's a lot more vulnerable when it comes to Elliot.
1: Yeah, the last time Mm. I can think of her crying was when, during the bank heist, or after the bank heist, when Elliot got hurt and was dying. Yeah. And she was saying, you know, they don't want me, they want you.
0: Margot's strength and weakness is how much she'll fucking go for bat for Elliot.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah she arrives when the monster was de- is deciding who to kill first and I love that he created kind of his own boundary for the games so uh-huh. it's new boundaries for him to play so okay you're gonna die last you have to die before Like for him it's a game and I
1: like I that it's kind of like which person is worth more points yeah like you're more important so I'm gonna save you to get the most
2: points I'm gonna start low and uh, poor Josh is the first because he looks cute. Margot, like the moment Josh is about to die, Margot is like, "I'm gonna give you Bacchus." Mm-hmm. That's the first time we see some of Margot happening.
0: It's so true, and also I think time. Josh is the, I guess, least offensive. That's and again, that's not right. The right word to like quote unquote that, but like out of everyone, he's the one that everyone thinks of. The, the soft boy. Like, nobody necessarily hates Josh. He's yeah. the
1: soft boy.
0: So he's a good target to just be like, oh, I'm going to cause all of you guys the same amount of pain and then we'll just go down the ladder. And then
1: <laughs> Also though, um, Josh needs to stand back and let Margot do her thing. I think he doesn't know her enough at this point. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't. But that look that Margot gave him when he's like, "Buckus is my friend.
2: just like, oh my God. Have you noticed that the moment she decides, she say, okay, I'm going to give you Bacchus? Then we switch to Julia, I'll call out uh, Fog for like, you try to protect, but look what you did to us, fuck you. Uh-huh. And then we come back with Margot and she has her red coat on and she will for the rest of the episode. She wears that red coat and that jumpsuit forever. But, but- it's imp- it's interesting because she didn't wear it the whole last episode. Well, the last
1: episode, she wasn't. Margot. she was not in command she was not in control all of these people were saying things she didn't understand she was lost and confused it's a power color it's a royal power color she's in charge and she will spill blood for elliot
2: exactly that shows blood loss i think
1: yeah yeah Uh, so i mean she'll she'll and love and it shows love for elliot i think too with the red
0: oh totally um going back on the Josh and Margo thing not only does Josh not understand Margo Margo's margoing <laughs> but also no, like i think his first gut reaction no, that's true his i think his first gut reaction was like holy shit like bacchus is like the one dude i can hang out with constantly and have a good time like I, they were close Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it seems like, because he doesn't know Margot enough, that Margot's just going, okay, fine, have this fucking dude, whatever. And Josh is like, what the fuck? And I think it's important because uh, the
2: episode where we meet Bacchus, uh, and it, it just, Josh is introduced as one of the questers. Yeah. With Bacchus. So killing him is kind of killing also his is relationship with the quester. Also, I don't think anyone else can understand because all of their
1: friends are there. Josh is really the only one who has friends mm. outside of the group. Yeah, it's true. Except Katie's Katie's kind of got Pete, but Pete's, Pete's not really a friend so much as he is a henchman. Oh
2: my god, I fucking hate Pete. Uh, yeah. I uh, love... <laughs> okay. I love Pete... Uh- it's okay. We're, when we're gonna have a Pete episode, we're gonna talk about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> why did she give him the lever- the leverage of the ambrosia? That is a move I do not understand. Oh, and I, I totally get it. Me.
0: Do you mean the monster,
2: or Josh? Why did she say to to the monster? Oh, I have a, a, a something to kill you. Instead, we're gonna kill something someone else. Why didn't she keep that like as a hidden card
0: in case of the chance that Elliot was still alive? Yeah, I think she was afraid of just like
1: killing the monster would kill Elliot, and I think Mm. this was a way to say, almost to say, I have a way to also kill you. I think it was both a threat
0: and an offering. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. I think it was a split decision that Margot had to make, and her first instinct was, the god-killing bullet only killed the host. That's the only leverage she has right now. Yeah. It's not a matter of a card, it's a matter of this is literally the only thing I have, so we're gonna play this
1: gambit. And Margot is very diplomatic. She's she's been the High King. She's she's learned how to negotiate and be in this position. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of saying, I will help you Mm -hmm. because that's what she's learned from being High King. I think that shows Mm
2: -hmm. a lot of her growth. And and what is, is beautiful is Margot is like, okay, we have to do this, we have to do this. And Josh is like, um, wait a minute, which is kind of like uh, the counterbalance of the council in whatspire mm-hmm. And, and she was like, can we have a moment to the monster? And he's like, cool, you're going to poison back then. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he doesn't understand boundaries, but he does at the same time, because he understands that a friend could be easily kill you more. Well, who does he trust? The monster.
0: No one.
1: Well, he was stuck with Charlton for a long time. If he's dead. Oh, you mean in general? I'm sorry, I totally misunderstood what you were saying. (laughs) I don't, um, talk about the monster understanding why Bacchus would trust a friend. The monster has what he thinks are friends. He thinks Quentin is his friend. That's why he got yeah. so jealous. Oh and yeah, And he trusts yeah. Quentin. So the monster understands what a friend is. And it's like, yes, I would trust my friend, who is Quentin, mm. my best friend, right? Quentin. Quentin's like, you know what? Please don't break my arm again. <laughs> um,
2: so yeah, we might prefer the monster at Jennifer. The thing is, when he um, when we first saw a video, a promo video of. Hale as the monster. He tweeted after that uh, is that uh, there was, it was during uh, the Isaac taking all the character as a Uber ride and who, uh, and Brian and him are there. And he, uh, he put the name of Jennifer to be picked up. And it come from Hale watching Jennifer's body for preparation of the Oh my God, that's role.
0: amazing.
2: So it's super meta and only like the fandom call it like that. It's never in the show. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the name.
0: That's fucking so, incredible. I, mean, I was wondering I, about why Jennifer.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and just before they go back, they go to Fillory, What's beautiful is the last thing Josh do- does is putting a boundary with Marina. He's like, "You might not know her. I do. She's bad." Like, make like I'm raising a flag here. Yeah, yeah. Josh, meanwhile,
1: you let me believe you were a helpful white witch. She, I, know, I know her. She's really mean. All the time.
2: Also, like, uh, basically, after that, they're on Fillory, and Josh is kind of saying, like, you want me to kill my friend? What is that? And Margot is like, it's that or dying. Like, what do you want me to do? And yeah. I think this cold calculating way toward, like, towards Bacchus is the same way she thinks about leaving Josh and Fenn in the past in season five.
1: I think Margot sure. will do whatever she, at any point. Margot has always done whatever she's had to do. She has gotten rid of Finn's baby to save Elliot. Mm-hmm. She will. Yeah, do, she regretted it, but. Regretted it. She will regret a lot of her decisions. But Margot has been shown to do whatever it takes, good, bad, whether it hurts her or someone else. She will do anything if it means Elliot is safe.
0: Which is like, it's it's totally, yes, 100%, But and it's totally encapsulated by it when Josh just turns to Margot and goes, you know what's so incredible? How you can be such a good friend and such a terrible friend at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that line.
2: I think, that's, I think that encapsulates um, Margot, but Alice too.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean,
2: it encapsulates a lot of them all of them at yeah. one point in the show in that but the the thing is after that the monster hear that and say like oh it's like me and i i have i have elliot's body so since i have his body i'm elliot and you're gonna love me like it doesn't understand this kind of idea that elliot is a his
1: own person and then i love what he says to Margo, where he says you can show me how to be more like him he he's been abandoned. He's never been what the gods wanted him to be. Teach yeah. me what you uh, want me to be.
2: Oh my god! And I won't yeah.
1: be lonely anymore. You can teach me.
0: Yeah, and then Margot, like immediately, like just after that line, she sets up. I guess it's boundaries with the monster. Yeah, when yeah. Margot's like, "I love Elliot, and I would do anything for him, even help you. But you and I, we won't ever be friends." But mm-hmm. also throws in a Margot power move, which is basically just unless you let me fucking talk to him interesting because she's setting a hard limit on less and but, but the monster have his boundaries too because he's
2: like nope mm-hmm. if I show it to you you're gonna plan something and
1: everyone loves this body everyone wants to keep this body whole so if everyone likes this body that means they like me and I'll always have friends and I'll never be lonely again mm-hmm. he recognizes mm-hmm. Margot as being lonely and that's
2: we're the same do you think she is? I think I think the monsters see more into Margot than she sees herself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And Margot's always
1: put up these walls to protect herself. I mean, before Josh,
0: would you so- say she put up boundaries to protect herself? Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs>
1: I didn't mean to derail your thought. It was just a joke. No. I was going to say, like, before Before Josh, Margot didn't really date anyone in the series. She never really had a romantic interest. She was not interested in it. In yeah, real. and even then, Josh was accident. <laughs> yeah, because Margot's, and even Lord Fresh said, you know, you'll do this alone. Margot's, yeah. even when Elliot is there, Margot's alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's always been alone
2: um and then we go to um to Bacchus and what's beautiful is Josh know he has the boundary he has the boundaries of I cannot tell you I am I have to kill you right now because he's gonna get killed but he tried to warn Bacchus by telling him his own story and saying like the past came back and and Bacchus is like oh not and we party forever and like you're dumb ass. I <laughs> shipped them so
0: hard yeah. Ooh. No, I do, yeah.
2: Okay, what's the name of that ship? Jack-
0: jackass. Jackass.
2: Nope. Nope. nope, Jackass. That's better. <laughs> More than Jackass, yeah. Jackass.
0: like Um. Uh- <laughs> I like Bosch.
2: Um, what, Uh. What is... Uh, like, the last thing Josh would say to Bacchus is, is, usually we don't know anything about God and they're grandiose and they're not approachable, and you're cool, and you're my friend. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Bacchus says, you know what? I'm going to tell you something and drinks. And I think, I think Bacchus was about to tell him he wasn't always a god.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, I think you're right. And I just also, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> no, I, I
2: I, kind of like paused the thing and yelled. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I never noticed that.
0: <laughs> No, that's so, that's, because like Julia, what, dude. <laughs>
1: I just—I wrote that down several times. Bacchus loves Josh. I don't think there's anyone else Bacchus trusts. Like he trusts Josh. And that makes this so much worse. But what did
0: Josh do differently? Because uh, the first time you were like, oh, he's just a party over man. But that's the thing. Josh has never pretended to be anything that he wasn't. And mm-hmm. Josh is always willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah, and especially in terms with, like, gods and stuff, I imagine there's a lot of, like, fake worshippers or people just doing things to get other people's attention. Mm. And I think Josh has never been anything but, like, hey, I'm Josh, I'm gonna party, I'm gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. Cool, we vibe, you know what but, I mean? Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. Josh is also that guy at the party who, if you get too
1: drunk... He's gonna like take you back to a bedroom and tuck you in and leave some Gatorade and aspirin. And I feel like Bacchus is like yep. that's a genuinely kind human being, or like
2: see someone that is shouldn't be in the bedroom with someone else and go inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one of, one of the most beautiful thing the monster said, which is kind of hilarious now that we know how back that Bacchus was not a god from the beginning because he talks about your parents. Your parents and my parents, like, they're the same person. It's not. But um, the beautiful thing, When I think it's one of the most beautiful thing. the monsters say that made me oh, love him. Why am I'm I the monster, monster and you're, you're the god?
0: god. Yeah. That's, I
2: wrote that line down. That's one of
1: my favorite lines because... I think it's the worship. Yeah. I think it's what the gods decided to do. I think it's whether or not...
2: I think- the, the, the gods can as much kill and destroy and possess people they just don't
1: i mean look at reynard he was a piece of fucking shit yeah and the gods gods still took him back so no he lost his godhood because well of yeah him. but his mom still kind of was like his mom didn't completely disown him she still took him she didn't abandon him in a hellscape castle alone yeah. whereas the monster was abandoned alone why?
0: Castle Blackspire is lit. I fucking love that set. Yeah.
1: That has nothing to do with
0: what you're saying. I just really wanted to put it out there.
2: Um, the last thing I have is, uh, is uh, what like? Backus d doesn't seem to k- give a shit right now, knowing that he has been discovered as Ember. But he does, cause he's terrified. Like when he talks to um. Josh, like, we can see the fear behind the I have to hide from her God, blah, blah, blah.
0: Why does he keep this boundary to his follower? Oh, easy. When you, when, when shit is going sideways, you want to, A, make things as normal as possible for comfort and B, it's the only thing Bacchus knows how to do at this point, I think.
1: Because like, even when he went
0: to Fillory, he was like I guess I'm going to be a party god here. Like yeah. think
1: about like if there's an emergency and you have a a small child who looks up to you and you are the you know you're the parent you fix everything, right?
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: don't want to be like panicking in front of that. You don't want to be panicking in front of a child who assumes you can fix everything because then they're going to yeah. panic and humans panicking is just chaos.
2: That's fair. Look at what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, a bunch of humans on drugs, presumably, and drunk as shit panicking. Not a good look. <laughs> I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, fucking crazy.
2: <laughs> um, that's what I had over Josh and... Oh, well, let's just mention uh, the gruesome moment where he killed I have nothing about boundaries. It's just gross. And why did they have to watch? <sighs> Josh had to see what he had done.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that hurts.
1: I mean, I think Josh would have stayed to the end regardless, because I think he would have felt obligated.
0: Yeah, I think he really oh. does like Bacchus.
2: Well, that's the thing. I want to love Bacchus, but knowing how he got the, the his godhood, I, I can't, you know? Right. I understand Bacchus being a god and a good friend, but also you tortured and murdered someone and
1: to get Do you it. think that's why the monster killed him so gruesomely? Oh, like he doesn't fully remember what was taken, but he maybe like remembers what it looked like and what Ooh. it felt like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why he was so gruesome and m- merciless with focus.
2: I like that because we know that he have he can just with one finger kill,
1: yeah, but he straight reached inside him and made it slow, yeah. which to be fair, if someone like, tore apart my twin brother and killed him, I would go John Wick on their ass.
0: Sometimes you gotta dismember some people. <laughs> um, What are my other notes? Ooh, if we can go back real quick. Again, this isn't really anything about boundaries. I'm just... Uh, unsure if this is just a weird film thing or I just didn't pay attention to it right so in the very beginning when Fogg goes it, when Fogg's talking to Julia just before Julia just fucking reads him the riot act uh, oh that's beautiful Fogg mentions that his office has been cleared of booze as he's like leaning over to like grab another thing mm-hmm. there are like four empty bottles there what I want to know is why why would you leave the bottles just fucking take it did they siphon it into another flask no, just take the bottle. <laughs> they could have put, like, a drink cart in there with, like, empty glasses, and that would have been totally fine.
2: I think it's mostly, uh, like, the effect of. Yeah. Because
0: you're so fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> I was staring at it going, am I fucking missing something? Or is this just to, like, a brief, here's where his booze would be? Oh, maybe they put them back. Why? They put them back. Oh, they put, they put, be like, we
2: drank your booze. Tank is dead. I love that like they drank, they 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 took it, they drank and they's like, "Oh shit, it's coming back," so they put it back. <laughs> um so we, we let's go to uh uh the other part of the gang. Yes. Who is with Marina and Marina was like, "I'm not helping you for fun. Of course I'm getting paid," which I like like there's no pretense because just just warned them Marina is bad. So at least like it goes with what he was saying. Yeah, it's on the same level. And then she lied about the tracker. Well, yeah, she's Marina. The thing is, she said, like, you were too, uh, too cute anyway to bail out. Why did she think she had to lie about the tracker if she, think- she-, she thought she didn't never uh, run anyway? She doesn't trust people.
0: That's fair. She's a top hedge witch. She's not just a hedge witch. She's the hedge witch. Mm-hmm. You didn't get that way by trusting people. Yeah, you gotta play chess with them, peeps. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but when she's explaining all of that, when she's drinking her beer, when she's explaining the Dewey system and whatnot, there's a line that when Marina says, like, oh, yeah, they give just enough uh, magic or whatever to keep the boring masses fat and happy, and it cuts to Quentin just casually eating something. Yep. All I could think about was the, like, how he was kind of watching it, like he was watching a TV show listening to it. Yep. I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know if it was intentional or jealous. Well, was hungry that day. But <laughs> well, the thing is that this is the principle of
2: Panem and Circe, which is a bread and circus. That's give the them, one. Give them bread and circus and they will be happy. That's how Rome was ruled, mm-hmm. And that's where the Hunger gang then get the name Panem. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I, I like what you're saying about like, him learning about Panam and Circe Cirque- while eating, and then he's gonna do the trick doing the push. Yeah, it was so. Such... He's gonna be like the player in this Panam and
0: Circe. It was so casual, just the way he was eating, like he was like watching the news or something, the way he was doing it. And I was like, Quentin oh shit. also
1: hasn't eaten yeah. in several
2: days.
0: That's fair. That's true. You gotta pack. <laughs> I ha-
2: I know there's a link between Marina explaining her story and her downing a beer that fast. I don't know what, and I would like to explore it.
0: Yeah, it's the truth. That's dumb and hard. Fuck that. <laughs> so oh well my god, it's hard to swallow for her, so yeah. she has to, like... It's like Jasper's and her, 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 her painkiller right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a day. She's got a monologue. She's got a wetter whistle. And she doesn't like anyone there, so... <laughs> I
1: like that. Something just came into her home that broke down her walls. Yeah, dude. Yeah, scary as shit. I am glad she's wearing normal clothes
0: now, though. Oh, she looks so good this up. She always looks good, but like she looks so good this. No, the last
1: couple episodes, she did not. I hated that outfit.
0: (laughs) I'm going on record. (laughs)
2: Um. Can we talk about the the hug uh, Julian Quinton yes, shared? Yes, I because wrote that down. God, yes. I wrote like in capital, like, that cool yeah, hug, because let's think of the hug they shared in the end of season one, where it's like quiet and silent and like tentative of like, can we be still friend? And now they're just throwing at each other. And it's just like, oh, I love them.
1: <laughs> Um, I also think it's funny that Julia is coming from Bills this time. Yeah. Because in the last Ooh, hug yeah. we the was iron. when it was when Quentin told her, you know, why she didn't get into Bills. I think she said, mm-hmm. ironically enough, Bills.
2: Yeah. I, I just I, I think that's the, that's the like you want to talk about their friendship. There it is. The first thing Julia asks is where's Quentin?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they they have a yin and yang thing going on with their outfits. Where mm-hmm. Julia's in this, mm-hmm. pure. and Quentin throughout right. this. This is the beginning of it, but it happens more through this season. He dresses in a lot of black this yeah. morning because he's in mourning for for Elliot and for the life for that, his dad for his dad for the life that he and Elliot had. in Hillary and. I was gonna say and Julia is talking about how she's not a goddess anymore but she's wearing this all this white. white I can't tell if it's a blazer or a bomber jacket and she just doesn't know how to do lapels or what's going on with that but she yeah, you're right I didn't she, notice
2: the yin and yang you're right mm-hmm.
1: and she can't hold the
2: bad luck bear can we talk about the, them calling out the double I- identification problem? Quentin said, like they're asking me for, for to reset my password on my phone, but my phone is the pass—the thing I'm trying to unlock. But I love that it's so small thing that the what writer would think, mm-hmm. because that's not a problem. That's a problem everyone has, but we don't talk in TV. No. <laughs> yeah, you don't think it's going to show up on the show? Why does Katie has so much Instagram notification? have you seen her she totally runs an aesthetic blog yeah oh my gosh she, she does. totally does <laughs> um why did they tell frankie about the timeline did they have to for him to gain confidence i don't understand this part i have different a lot penny. of
1: questions about frankie
2: yeah because it is a different penny and he thought penny because he knows the other penny he know yeah. the first penny died no,
0: I just, uh, I think because Penny23 and Penny40 are so different, I kind of assumed that Penny23 had to fill him in, otherwise it would be like, well, well you're Frank- not Penny, so Frankie said, I thought you
2: died. Mm-hmm. Okay. I-, I fucking want luck to be my discipline, guys. Me too. No. I Okay, I think we can all agree, I have the worst luck. <laughs> yes. Why, did you get shot or something? Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> So basically, like, uh, Frankie's like, yeah, uh, like I'm gonna use my luck because I use so much of the luck spell that now he became kind of luck. And he say, but first I want this, I want that, and I want the cherry co- the cherry soda that is not sorbent. And Penny's reaction is, I know, I know. And he's laughing, and it's so not, it's so not Penny. I'm in love. I'm in love. Penny mentions
1: earlier, you know, well, if you've got a credit card and you steal a credit card, it's only good until they flag it and uh, all this. And, oh, I know a master counterfeiter. I really need a Penny-Frankie spinoff because I feel like this was someone Penny met during his, like, pre-break bills days. Well, he
2: said, he said these pre-break bills, he knew, he knew Frankie. So can we talk about this amazing cinematic moment where Frankie... Frankie asks is any of you good at card and then a dramatic zoom on <laughs> Q's face and he's like I've been here my
0: whole life for this <laughs> Listen, part of that dramatic zoom was the fact that Quentin's facial expressions didn't fucking change <laughs> but like in his head he's
2: like fuck yeah fuck yeah fuck yeah fuck you.
0: yeah you
1: know he kind of had the same face that Harry Potter had when his name was pulled out of the Goblet of Fire which was <laughs> oh
0: this shit again Yeah, it was like somebody who was only half paying attention and didn't realize they were talking about him. Oh, I
2: love that. I love the analogy of like, wait, what? (laughs) Oh, no. I'm the chosen one again. And that's the thing. Um, uh, After that, Julia said, can we help you? And Julia can't because she doesn't have magic. And Katie said, I'm personal, not Grata, so I can't. And Penny's like, no, I just don't want to.
1: (laughs) I wrote that down. I love Penny's excuse.
2: But I love this set of boundaries of like, I don't want to and I'm going to be real about well, it instead of Well, that's just how Penny is. Uh-huh. Penny's
1: not going to bullshit you. Penny's going to tell you straight up. I don't want to. I don't care. I spilled beer on your stupid fanfiction thing. I don't care about anything but Katie. Except now I don't care about anything but Julia. And I guess you by <laughs> extension of Julia. But that's the thing. Oh, can I say one thing? Yes. Part of why like it's not just that this is Quentin's discipline he's the only one who can do it without magic and let me tell you as someone who has practiced cardistry and close-up magic and it is called cardistry and now you all have
2: to live with knowing that you never get a chance to use that there's never anything cool
0: you can do with that
2: i, I i've never realized that this is the one magic trick that he can do without magic mm-hmm huh
0: Love it i thought that was um, so fucking great where he was like it's just i love there's a moment in like one of the fantastic beasts movies too where everyone's using every spell and then jacob kowalski just fucking pounds on the door and breaks it in cool. i love instances where like there's all this cool magic and stuff it but it's back- such a simple non-magical solution it goes back to season one magic like- might be dead but google isn't
1: I was going to say, it goes back to season one with the, the Hedge Witch test. It wasn't about yes. magic. It was about yeah. magic won't always work. You need a plan B.
0: I love that shit. It's one of my favorite tropes. Um, Speaking of the push game, Quentin completely... Penny's like, I just don't want to. And then Quentin just completely ignores Penny's boundaries. By just being like, oh, yeah, no, you can get him for three months. But th- that's the
2: thing. What I, what I don't understand is why is he so confident? Because, okay, we know Quentin is really good with card trick. It's his thing. But we know Quentin second-guessed everything. Why doesn't he second-guess this?
0: I think there's a, he's also at a point where he doesn't care.
1: I think this mm. is this one thing that he has always been able to do. This was the thing that, too, yeah. that he did with Julia that kind of brought him and Julia close together. He did magic tricks, and it was something he could just always do. It's how he got into break bills.
2: Yeah. Uh, have you noticed how he's he throw the 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 card in the hat is the same way when he play with the card in season one, yeah, yeah, like, but he actually got it in this time, which is like, oh good for him, <laughs> <laughs> he practiced but i i like I was watching this uh, this whole sequence and and i then I realized push is basically pushing the boundaries of magic, oh yeah. shit, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I adore what like the, the last move of Quentin which is to use all of magic because that was his one fear is like okay but there's not enough magic for everything and instead of like using it as a disadvantage he used it as an advantage. Mm-hmm. He sucked all the magic up because his
1: card sucked but he had he knew he could cheat. He knew
0: everyone else was relying on magic he didn't need magic to cheat. Yeah. yeah, the push sequence is really cool because it works as like just your normal standalone montage, but also if you look, there's five million things going on character-wise, technical-wise, magician-wise, yeah. and it's also really,
2: really close to the book.
0: That blonde that he fights against is we see her again. It's David Duchovny's daughter. Yes, I did not and we're that.
2: gonna and <laughs> we're gonna
0: see her again in a
2: later episode. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, um basically the card that he pulls out is uh the Queen of Heart with Alice's face, which is a reference to the book.
0: Yes. I never understood that part. Can you explain it to me? Which part? That it's the Queen of Hearts? Why is
2: Yeah, why
0: is it Alice's face on it? Because he loves Alice? Okay. <laughs> I think Alice was like one of Quentin's first loves and one of the ones that had the most impact on him and I think that's why too. It might have been a subconscious thing or it might have just been cuz but I, I, it's totally a nod to the book but also yeah. I like that
2: he used Alice's card without magic knowing she tried to distort magic. Yeah. Um and and what's what's interesting is he put his hand he showed his hand on the desk. When he, after I, after he put it in his, um, in his, uh, sleeve, he's going to put his, and if he, I, my best, one of my best friend's mother is, uh, I don't know the word in English, but basically she's a specialist at body language. Oh, okay. And when you put your N under the table, you're hiding something. But when you put them on, it's like, you're real and you're truthful. I, li- I just like this idea of like, you use body language of like openness and I'm going to be real and we have to play a real game. But in
1: fact, he's cheating? <laughs> Quentin Sirup said, we're going to play an honest game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When he puts his hand on the table, like when, I was fr- like, when I first watched it, he put his hands on the table like that, and I thought it was, like, a nice flourish, like, a little, like, ta-da! And I was like, oh, man, Quentin's so badass. And then he does the most awkward, he gets out of the chair in the most awkward way fucking imaginable he like that's that's what i love about it it's not he's not card so he's not confident in that part (laughs) he just kind (laughs) of slowly turned and i'm like oh shit
2: so yeah uh can we have just a whole show about push yes Um, uh
0: pushing welter be in there
2: i like i also like the four the three um the three uh challenger he had because at first he had like the basic edge which which is uh w then he had, like, the old wizard, kind of, like, this idea of, like, the Chinese old person. And yeah. then uh, a, a guy that looked like Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm going to challenge the basic after I'm going to challenge the wisdom. And then I'm going to challenge the villain, which is kind of like the, the, the arc of a quest, when you think about that. Dressed. Cat cats, right now that I'm thinking back on it, they were all dressed to represent different levels she yeah she had nothing then he was properly dressed and then he had the suit and tie you're right also i love how uh the card game was always like kind of tie like quentin was not was quentin letting them win for him not to say that he was that good i was cheating too much i mean i can see that i don't know if it's quite that confident because the only time we see him nervous is with Lex Luter. I don't know his name so I'm calling like that I by mean, the way. This
0: is this is the what this is the only time he's really played push too. But like he I, I he's a phenomenal push player obviously. All that shit happened. He's and I think we really had like a couple
2: games. The first one yeah. Welters. He cleared the fucking Yeah. Hole. Can we talk about the fact that they're playing a game when
0: the monster is not there? Yeah. And even the whole Madness Master, in, I think episode five, season one, that whole thing was about games and shit. And he literally, sure. he literally, he literally destroyed the chess game.
2: Yeah, like,
0: for, him, for him, it's not
2: to play, and that's basically what he does with the monster. Oh my god, I love this show. This is some uh, good shit. <laughs> Look really at us learning these games, except the one the monster's
1: playing. And even then, when he starts learning the rules, he's the
2: monster listens to him. Yeah. Quentin's just good at games. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, then we go back to uh, Katie and um, Penny, and Katie uh, were talking, and it's kind of interesting because it's—I think it's kind of the first time they're together since Penny twenty-three came came back. And uh, it, it's just beautiful that Marina calls out, "I cannot trust this person. She killed my mother, even if she's not." From the same timeline, it's the same person that killed her.
1: Uh-huh. I like how Katie brought up Sam. It's like, mm-hmm. Sam wouldn't do this. Sam, and Katie's feeling ignored. Katie's like, I can't. And I think part of that is because Marina is there, and Marina, you know, was basically owned Katie for a long time. <gasps> so-, so she
2: feels shut down even
1: more. <sighs> oh my God. And I noticed she's she's dressing she's lost the blazer and she's almost dressing like
2: Julia again. Mm-hmm. Like she but you're right because I was like but she's always like she always goes with the plan of the others what's different is it's Marina you're right. So she she talks about how she feels ignored and of course she
1: would because Marina's one of the only people who scares Katie. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. she doesn't know this Marina either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, you yeah, just blew yeah.
1: my mind.
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I I also I love um, because we just saw uh, in the in the sequence of the show, Margot just told explained to Josh why she was not using the ambrosia against Elliot. Yeah. The monster. Sorry. And then we see Penny say. I'm not here to play that, this kind of bullshit. And I love that both of them refuse to use magic against their target for big difference, different reason. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's still, you care about someone. Yes.
1: Also, I want to say uh, Marina did not kill Katie's mother. Katie's mother killed Katie's mother.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: Hannah was not a good person. And I think Katie still wants to believe that her mother could be a good person, but Hannah sold Katie, so... I really love what Penny says to
0: And kids. the thing is, doing something that stupid and dying because of it, that's unfortunately the Hedge Witch game. Marina's careful. Yeah, she knew. Mm-hmm. She knew, yeah, she
2: knew. Mm-hmm. But it's easier to blame Marina than blame your mother. Oh,
1: hella! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marina is someone alive that Katie can point at
0: and say, your fault. Yeah, here is yeah. somebody that's been pretty much a dick to you for a very long time. Of course, you're going to take every chance you can, especially if it's something you can't really face to blame that person. But also I like how kind of Penny, Penny
2: comes from the same timeline and try to say like I'm not your Penny, so she's not your Marina either. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But but also say I know what you feel cuz I lost everyone and nobody's listening at me, so I'm the other side of the coin. Yep. Because <laughs> it's Penny.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: He went from everyone love and adore him as Hansel to
2: being mm.
0: Penny. Penny's life yeah. sucks, dude. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> I,
2: I just like that now. Penny and Katie are kind of not opposite, but there's the the other side of the same coin. They complement each other. Yeah, and I would like to keep an eye on that on how. Because we say, like, oh, he's all about Julia and forgot Katie, but he's not. And I think we should look into their relation now. I don't think he knew Absolutely. Katie in
1: another timeline.
2: But no, I think, I think she
1: died yeah, before I think, that. I think he understands what Katie's feeling because he lost Julia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he's he's trying to understand. I like what he says to her so much where he's like, you know, Sam was alone and you're not.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, sorry, I, it took me a moment to understand what I wrote. Um, after that, they they finally see that per uh, uh woman that they can steal the card, and the woman is kind of open to say she was in a porno in the seventies. It's kind of weird. Anyway, this is the second. Pretty tried to flirt with Zelda to get what he wanted, and now he's <laughs> <laughs> He tried to flirt with uh what's her face too one of the teachers. Yeah, but uh, this right? time it worked. <laughs> <laughs> But what I like is they know their boundary with that that steel because they stole it, but they knew if they kept it, it will be flagged and then them mm-hmm. coming with the, it will be weird. So instead, they're ke- taking it back. And I think that is smart. Yeah, oh, hella. First of all, Penny and
1: Katie work really well together. Even though this is mm-hmm. a different Penny,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Katie knows Penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is this reminded me of in season one, when they went to the physical kid's cottage and stole
0: a bunch of shit. Oh, mm. yeah. Except Penny has a cool coat now.
2: Also, I like that magic has its boundary because it refused to work with Julia. And we're going to know it's, it, it's the same thing when uh, she touched the egg with Poppy. Um, but I love that like we always say like in the magician, the beauty of the ma- magic in the magician is it has limits mm-hmm. and it has boundaries, and we see one here, and I love that.
0: But she was willing to take that, and I think that's really, really like it's well, Julia. she she knew she was bulletproof.
1: She just blew herself up how many times when it comes to to standing up for people and like keeping people safe, Julia has no hesitation.
0: Mm-mm. But the thing is, she threw the bear at Quentin after. I think that was like an accidental thing. Like she kind of went to just toss it, and Quentin was Quentin got it. And um, okay, then we we see Katie
2: and Penny with their super weird costume. The best jacket, my dude. Um, I love this mustache. Mustache Penny for life. Mario Penny. He's like. Mario. <laughs> Why did they not use illusion magic? Even if they can't, like the disguise doesn't matter. They know that the more they push their love, the more um, Quentin will be hurt. An illusion is too faulty.
0: Yeah, I assumed that there were like wards or something. Like a...
2: Oh, oh,
1: that makes sense. It's
0: not magic.
1: It might especially if they start having bad luck.
2: Mm-hmm. but what I love and that's not something I didn't notice the first time is the bigger their luck is the weirder the bad luck is Penny
1: Katie, Penny's like talk about his plan and Katie I can't quite remember what happened but Katie's immediately like no we have to we can't do too much because we have to make sure Quentin he wanted
2: to have 10 more Deweys
1: yeah which is so different from Katie season 1 and I think this is something she picked up from Sam. Two, But I like that instead of going with 10, she went with two. Yeah, but she's the only people she's really looked out for are people that she's loved, like Julia and Penny. Yeah. Yeah. And now for her to be like, no, we have to take care of Quentin. We have to look out for him. I feel like... That's big. Yeah, that's... <clears throat> I think that's a lot of what she learned from Sam is that she can protect people because she had a she's lost so many people i'm rambling and katie's not katie's not been able to protect a lot of people in her life like her mother she i think she feels responsible for that that's why it's easy to play marina so yeah i just noticed that when they were shredding the picture when the picture got shredded the pictures from um heroes and morons in season three Oh, was it? <gasps>
2: yeah, it's... So that means that they have them followed since the beginning of the yeah. quest. I recognize that. Jasper! Oh, shit! <laughs> Jasper, oh my god. <laughs> and the last scene of the episode is just beautiful. Like, we were talking, the hug is how we show Quentin and Julia's friendship, but also um, this moment where Quentin said, like, Brian had no sharp he- edge and but also he wasn't real he said like we paid a price and what we got in return is not what we were promised and he's I think he's, he feels guilty of having sacrificing his dad for this kind of world now if magic would have been back the way it was I think he would have been okay with it
0: yeah it's a it's a yeah. monkey's boss situation
1: yeah. It costs literally everything. It costs the family and, and lovers and life and your own sense of self and your own sanity. And I like how Julia is right there to pull him back and be like, Saving the world isn't always glamorous, but someone has to save it.
2: Also it's beautiful that it's she said like, okay, for us might suck a bit more, but other people in the world have a bit uh, a world is a bit brighter. I think that comes from her talking with Josh and the season three, episode one, when Josh was just so sad because there was no magic and being a magician was what he was good at.
0: It's the only thing he felt connected to. I've sorry, I got a lot of feelings about Josh feeling average in every way. A
2: and I think her being able to say like it, 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 the world is a bit brighter. Also her connection with being a goddess, she felt, she felt it. She could mm-hmm. feel the world. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's,
1: a lot different in season one, especially Julia was, and y'all know I love Julia. She's, mm-hmm. you know how much I love Julia. She was selfish in season one. She was incredibly yeah, yeah. selfish. Her main yeah. thought was Julia. What does Julia get out of this? Yeah. You know, even partially in season two, Julia is a very selfish person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest, the time she started changing was when she sacrificed herself for Katie. Yeah. But for her to be like, she still gets magic, yeah, which is what she wanted in the beginning, mm-hmm. and I think there's still a bit of that that she's she's selfish about, and that's why she's okay losing so much.
2: I mean, she lost magic yeah. again.
1: Yeah, yeah but
2: she's gonna do everything to get it back. Yeah, but at the moment, like, I'm surprised how okay she is about that. Well, she's got a plan. She's fine. Oh, that's she's true. got a plan. Um, and I think the last I think the last uh sentence of the episode just show how much show against boundaries is Quentin saying, Can you stay here with me in a minute? Oh While my god. Listen. Yeah. And I think that's just Quentin being self aware that I'm gonna be a mess and the only person I can have in the room. Like if Margot would have been there, he would have it would have said, Can you please leave me alone? Um, now it is time for lecture now, so we're going to take a, take a, a se- sentence in the script and then talk about it in four steps. The first will be to contextualize it. So tell me when to stop uh, scrolling and I will tell you uh, what is the
0: sentence. Jasper, you want to take this one? I took the last one. Oh, shit. Okay. It's me. Go. I mean, stop, whatever <laughs> 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 noise. Um,
2: I've been thinking while we're here, we should get a bit extra. <laughs> My motto. I've been thinking while we're here, we should get a bit extra. So first step of Lectio Divina is uh, what is literally happening in the scene while, while they are saying this.
0: Let's steal more shit.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Penny is in the bank with Katie and he's like, we should get more. Uh, second, se- second, um, second step is to think of a story of a book of a whatever that makes think that it made us think of the sentence is, While well, uh, I've been thinking while we're here, we should get
0: a bit extra.
2: Hmm.
0: My gut reaction is to take extra as in like the slang verbiage. Of mm-hmm. like being extra, <laughs> and that no, it's okay. That normally happens when I'm a bunch. I do a lot of um, comedy, do a lot of sketch comedy, but that's whenever there's more than three of us in the same room. That tends to be what happens. Of just everybody being like, "Fuck it, let's just be weird and extra and just go for it." I want to start a sketch comedy trope. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. We've been going for five years. It's a lot of work, though. <laughs> I don't know people.
2: Uh, so I've been thinking. While we're here, we should get a bit extra. It's just—it's just. What story does it bring me to mind? Oh boy. I—I uh... I will go with maybe. It's totally because you talked about it, but um, Percy <laughs> Jackson. And in the end of Percy Jackson, he just saved the world and everything. And the gods basically say, hey, we can make you uh, a a full-on god. And he's like, nope, but instead, here, everything I want, here's my list. You're going to be nice to your kid. You're going to make Annabeth uh, redo uh, your your pantheon. You're going to make sure that nobody's left out. You're going to give me a fucking break. And like, he, instead of like, accepting the one good thing he splits it and having a lot extra that end up making a lot of good thing happen in the world of demigods. and i just thought about that that's awesome Percy jackson uh third step is something that uh reminds you in your life so uh, you were a bit into that chase about being with your group
0: Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got another one which is a little bit sentimental just cuz you know, we're talking about that cool thing that happens when people die and it sucks. But um when my stepdad did pass, my mom took me and my roommate out to go to Chicago to see uh Hamilton because he was really into history and he and he always supported all of our theater shit. My mother is in theater too. Um and like We had me, her, and my roommate. We and best friend. We we had a day where it was basically just a treat yourself. So Mm -hmm. if we wanted to have that bit of a extra, we went to this really fancy steakhouse where they like brought in the meat, so we could like choose which one we wanted. Like we talked bougie. It was the most expensive place I've ever like been in. And I remember being like, is it like okay if I order like more than one little decent sized thing? And my mom was like, No, just just do whatever. This is like something for you all. And that was nice to be like, hey, it's okay, we can have a little bit extra of this and celebrate the moment. We were very, very fortunate, although it did hurt our bank.
1: <laughs> hurt your bank, but warmed your heart. Exactly.
2: Uh, Since we're we're in the gloomy thing of people dying. Um, I didn't mean to drag it down. No, no, no. It was a good memory. memory. (laughs) No, but exactly. um, My mom, when uh, she got diagnosed, it was really bad. She lost like 50 pounds in a month because she stopped eating because the cancer was pushing against her stomach. And... And basically, they refused to give her uh, time because they don't believe in t- giving time anymore because you never know. Fair. But uh, it was not going looking good. And they made her like straight away going in the um, chemo. And I cried like you had no idea. But uh, now she's as good as you can be in chemo. But like she called me saying like, I got an omelet. I ate a whole omelet. You know, she was so happy. And. Not long ago, uh, in fact, this Monday, it was her birthday. And if she. (laughs) But if it was, if she would have stayed how she was, I wouldn't have called her and wished her a happy birthday. And I think every moment I have with my mom is this little bit extra time I have with her. Yes. And, And like while she's here, I'm trying to get a bit extra of her. So I'm like, I'm soaking in it. That's the best thing to do. Yes.
0: Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mama Cass.
2: What about you, G?
1: Um All I can think of right now is like right now I'm having to get a lot of like extra help. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm not <laughs> used to that. I'm very independent. And like I told you, I really wanted to go buy cigarettes today from the store that is like twenty feet away from my house, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it. I couldn't get my shoes on. <laughs> and One day at but... a time, though. Boo. Yeah, it just it didn't. I've had to accept that little little extra help, little extra yeah. help with basic shit.
0: Yeah, think about how fucking dope it's gonna be when you finally get to buy your cigarettes on your own. Think of how fucking cool that moment will be.
1: And the cashier will be like, why did you bring an air horn and balloons?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be like, because
1: I'm not peeing in a bag right
0: now. Yeah, you're- I'll do air horns in like my heart for you when that happens. <laughs> well, that leads, leads us hearts. to
2: the fourth step. That leads us to the fourth step. But what are is are you, uh, uh, you do you feel a uh, call for? So doing a uh, hair horn uh, in our heart for Jasper when they're gonna be back. Hando,
0: Hando, that's mine. That's mine.
2: <laughs> uh, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yours. Chase of accepting that. I've treat yourself. There, I have a lot of that but i also am the person that will never burn the the special candle cuz it's not special enough so to it's burn not that, that candle. special time yet exactly and like i Seth got me a lot of lush bath when i don't feel good but and i always feel i'm not i don't feel good not enough not to have it but i think i'm called to get that little bit extra and i'm worth it now so i'm going to go burn that Hell
0: candle yeah yeah burn that candle Turn that, can- not that bridge, but that candle. But
1: the candle. Turn that bridge with that candle.
0: Nope. The opposite of that. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, the last thing in the show is to take the vase and the flower. It's an expression my grandma used to say, saying you don't give a back and then compliment, so you don't give the vase and the, the flower and the vase at the same time, such as uh, Bacchus, you're smart for being back <laughs> I don't know so uh what is your let's do uh, i'll do the let's all do the vase and finish on the roses so yeah. let's do a round of vases right now i'm gonna say Margot. i understand Whoa. what she i understand what she did but forcing josh to kill a friend is not okay
0: yeah that was mine. I get it, so, like, but also fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was mine too, but like I wanna make it clear, just because I'm given her the vase doesn't mean like I, I, t- I hate her. I totally fucking get where she's coming from.
1: I'm gonna go opposite of you guys. And I'm gonna give it to Josh. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that's my flower. <laughs> I know, I know, and I know that you're gonna come like hunt me down in my sleep no, I'm and not. strangle me going, but I love Josh. I'll just look up and Chase is there. I'm too
2: lazy. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, now, why are you giving the, the vase? I feel like
1: if Josh had said something to Bacchus about what was going on, and had said, look, do you, you know this monster dude? Well, he currently wants me to kill you, and I don't want to do that. I'm Josh. I feel like <laughs> Bacchus might have been able to get Josh out of there. Yeah, like probably right. told yeah. him. Bacchus would have ran, and I think he would have taken Josh with him. Yeah. And maybe they could have done something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So let's go with the flower. Yeah, I'm I'm giving the flower to Josh just because I do think he did what he and it's weird because i'm i'm giving margot the vase for the exact same reason but i think it's just because i have a bias towards my man but
2: no like you can be a good friend and a bad friend at the same time josh did what he could
0: with what he was given went through the fucking ringer this up (laughs) yeah i want to give like a petal of the flower to Quentin for the push scene because that was just really cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) can i do that yeah totally <laughs> you can even give him an old flower you're gonna get two flowers okay it's the bachelor
2: <laughs> uh, for me I'm gonna give my flower to Julia cause she's not super important in the episode but she's just there for Quentin She's like she yeah like she'd show up for Quentin and she'd hug him after that like oh I'm gonna take the bullet it doesn't work well you're you're taking the bullet I'm gonna be next to you and then after that she she's there while- See that was mine I was gonna give my flower to Julia
1: but because first of all she called out Dean Fogg on all of his bullshit Julia knows her power and when she's talking to Fogg and she's like you know what I sacrificed- Mm, oh! Oh! Also, um, Julia was one hundred percent willing to be the one who had the bad luck. She didn't even hesitate. She's just like, "Nope, me." No, Julia will not hesitate. It's kind of like with Margot and Elliot. Mm-hmm. Where she's at right now, she'll kill someone for Quentin. Totally. And then she tried. She did everything in her power to keep him safe. He was there when Julia remembered the worst thing that's happened to her. Mm. Yeah. So, she stayed with him.
2: Well, thank you for joining me. It was nice, guys. I love thank doing Thank you so much.
0: This. this is a lot of fun. Yes. Hopefully, my sound quality will be better. I think it will.